All right, everybody, welcome back. It's the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. We are very excited to talk to you about the Steelers 3-0 start and uh, their their win over Houston this past weekend. But there's also this large elephant in the room that is the fact that the Pittsburgh Steelers will not be traveling to Tennessee to take on the Titans this weekend due to the COVID-19 pandemic that we are currently in. Several of the Titans players and coaching staff members, organizational members, whatever you want to say, uh, have tested positive, and the NFL has made the decision to not have that game at all this week after it was tinkered around with uh, a little bit about um, maybe playing it Monday or even Tuesday. There will be no game. The NFL will will make a decision on how they're going to make that up. And and we'll, we'll get into all that because, believe me, we all have feelings on this, and we know many in Steelers Nation have strong feelings about this as well. Um, <laughs> the players, too. The players were quite passionate today as well. Uh, joining me, as always, are Ian and Ben. And um, I, I'll just uh, – uh, I, I guess I, I don't even want to get into the game from Sunday just yet. I, I think we got to kind of work current event and then, and then go backwards here. Um, Ben, is the, uh, NFL making the right call here? Yeah, I think they are. Um, that's just me. I, I think that given the fact that they've had successive days of positive testing, um, they don't really have a choice. I mean, there's the thing that people need to understand they need to wrap their arms around before they judge the NFL's action or inaction on this or, or plan of lack or lack of plan is that this thing has an incubation period. Okay. And that can be different for every person. So, you know, the other shoe is just going to continue to drop. I'm kind of wondering if any of the Vikings are going to test positive now because they played Mm -hmm. the Titans Mm -hmm. on Sunday. And I, I keep wondering if that's going to be the next thing we're going to hear about, you know, is that now there's, an outbreak in the Vikings locker room and they've got to reconsider their game on, on uh, Sunday versus the Texans. Right. So they keep having these guys test positive Monday. They had what it was three players and five members of the staff that had tested yes. positive. Then they had yes. another player test positive. And then today they had another player and another member of the staff test positive. And the NFL doesn't know when it's going to end. No. And until they can identify the, the, the people that are infected and know that they're outside that incubation period, they really can't do much with the Titans. And if the Steelers went down there and more players continued to test positive after Sunday or Monday or whenever mm-hmm. the hell they had them play, then the Steelers would have to go into quarantine, just like the Vikings are now. It's yeah. a mess, man. And there's not a lot you can do about it. It's a virus. You can't try and outsmart it. And you can't just say, well, you tested positive, you're going to go in quarantine because those guys have been around other people that are within the organization and they may have infected someone else. So it is what it is. Yes. In short, I think they made the right decision. Um, I I don't like it any more than anyone else, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ian, where where did you come down on this? And not just in terms of was it the right move per se, but um, why why maybe are, are fans upset when they really shouldn't be right now? Well, a lot of the commentary I've seen from folks on Twitter and social media is that mm-hmm. it's not fair and the NFL yeah. really doesn't care about what's fair. The NFL is trying to get a season in and the NFL is going to do what they can to get 16 games in for each team one way or the other, or at least some semblance thereof. Um, you know, I've seen some comments about why didn't they schedule in an extra bye week. And to that effect, there was some talk when talk. they put the schedule together that they they do have the flexibility that they could push the entire playoffs back a week and essentially eliminate that bye week between the conference championship game and the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then you would have, you know, basically the regular season would have an extra week and then the playoffs would start and roll just straight through the playoffs. So there is that flexibility at the end of the year. I think from a scheduling standpoint, you know, people seem upset about, oh, well, they might have to play three games on the road in a row. Well, that's that, that's not breaking the NFL's policy. The NFL's no. scheduling no. policy is you're allowed to play up to three games 
either at home or on the road at a time. They won't do more than three, but that's fine. They can do that with the the midseason swap with the Ravens. I think we game. played three on the road last year. I think in we a row. did. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and the other thing to mention is that with using that that Ravens game as a swap in week seven and week eight, yeah. that if the Steelers had to have another game canceled or postponed in the second half of the season, that doesn't all of a sudden you know, eliminate the possibility of making that game up in that week 18. If you mm-hmm. automatically move the Steelers Titans game all the way down to week 18, then you're, you're eliminating that as a possibility for a potential future game getting right. canceled. And you're really putting yourself in a bind. So I think the NFL is waiting to see mm-hmm. what happens with Minnesota. As long as Minnesota is okay to play this week, I think they'll just make that swap with the Steelers Ravens game and be fine. But if, like Ben mentioned, the Minnesota-Houston game has to get postponed, then they're going to have to mess with a whole bunch of other teams' schedules too. So the the Steelers one is easy, but they're also looking right. at that one before they make a final decision. And you know, just flipping games in Week 7 and Week 8 keeps things, keeps all the changes basically in the top half of the schedule that if something needs to happen with a future game, there's still that flexibility at the end of the year. Um, and like Ben said, we're in a pandemic. It's it's not a normal situation, no, and this is this is a virus. It's not like an STD or something that you know how it gets transmitted. It's an airborne mm-hmm. disease. Um, there's a variety of different ways that you can catch it. It's, I mean, a a coronavirus in and of itself. I mean, I'm not a virologist or anything like that, but um, a, a coronavirus. There there are common cold viruses that are coronaviruses, not mm-hmm. the same as this one, obviously, but they're of sure. a similar type. Right. And you, as pretty much anyone can attest you can get a common cold in any variety of number of ways regardless of if you wash your hands all the time if you're wearing masks if you're trying to social distance you can just pick up a cold you know in a variety of different ways so similar yeah. with this that it's it's a virus and you can there's a variety of different ways it can be picked up it's not necessarily that the titans or anyone in their organization did something wrong um it, it's not necessarily that you know Tennessee is at fault here. They right. just, you know, people caught a virus and now it's spreading in their locker room. And the NFL is doing the safe thing, kind of like what Major League Baseball did. We saw baseball have to cancel some games early in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Obviously, baseball is a little bit easier to make up because you're able to play double headers. You can play games closer to each other than you can with football, which is basically a once a week game just because of yeah. the wear and tear on the body. And the other thing I'll mention is that, you know, baseball had these taxi squads that were essentially extra roster players that they mm-hmm. could call in. But those guys were off-site. They weren't working with the team. The NFL, yes, they have expanded practice squads, but those practice squad players are in the same facility going through the same workouts yes. in all the same meetings as the team. So you can't just bench the guys that test positive for COVID mm-hmm. and plug in some practice squad players because they've all been in the same facility with all the same people. So there's, there's not. it's not like you have this group of guys who have been held out in Knoxville or Memphis and you can suddenly bring them over to Nashville and be like, we know these guys are clean. They're going to play the game. It's, it's not like that for, for how football is set up. Yeah. And I think that um, as a matter of fact, the players, the majority of players in Tennessee that have tested positive, I think have been practice squad guys, if I'm not mistaken. Um, There, there was a a tight end practice squad guy uh, and then, and then at least one or two others. Um, you know, going, going back to Ben's point and, and this, this is what I think Steelers nation has to really consider. If you're angry now that the Pittsburgh Steelers are not going to play this weekend. Okay. Uh, as we all are, imagine how upset you'd be if the NFL said, let's go ahead and play this game. We think everything's under control. And five or six days later, you started to have guys with with symptoms and then ultimately with positive tests I, I mean can you imagine the anger at that point um and let's not forget we we have a running back who is a cancer survivor um I, I don't think Mike Tomlin's in any hurry to to stick him in there either um so I, I again I'm not crazy about this my you know I try to plan my my fall weekends around the Steelers as much as possible right um but but I, I I'm not I'm not losing my mind. I'm not going to go to Tennessee and start pointing fingers um, at at guys, uh, you know, unless unless it's proven that these guys went out clubbing or something stupid. 
then I'm not going to worry about it right now. Because as Ian pointed out, this is an airborne thing. I can get it going to the grocery store, uh, you know, as much as anywhere else. So I I think, too, it's the right call. I think they're they're avoiding further uh, complications here. But, Ben, if, if you were going to lay money in a casino that this is going to happen again through the course of this season, would you do so? Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. You know. Honestly, my friends and I talked about this before the season started. My friend Johnny, fuck you, Johnny, and I <laughs> were talking before the season started, and he didn't think there was going to be a season. Yeah. And, you know, he was wrong, but – um, you know, we both agreed that there was going to be a point where there might be a game canceled or postponed or rearranged, mm-hmm. and we just both hoped that it didn't happen to the Steelers. Well, of course, it did. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's going to happen to somebody. We just got unlucky, and it is what it is. I, yeah, you know, like I said, I'm not happy about it, but I think the right decisions being made here. I think they were playing with fire, trying to schedule the game anyway. I thought that two days ago. And now that they've gone ahead and said, yeah, you know, we're continuing to see positive results. Obviously we're not making the right decision by trying to Mm -hmm. schedule this. Mm -hmm. We're going to, we're going to go ahead and give in to whatever you want to call it. Fate, mother nature, science, whatever. Yeah. They're giving into the circumstances. They're acknowledging the situation that they're in, and they're going, we're going to have to reschedule this game. It is what it is. Yeah. I I, I would be curious to see what would have happened if if the the weeks didn't work out quite as well as it appears that they're going to in terms of that, that week seven, week eight switcheroo with Baltimore. Um, but it, it's really not worth going too deep into because it is what it is. That's, that's the way it is. But um, – you know, I, I just think that maybe we got spoiled. Maybe we had three weeks of of NFL football. Um, everything seemed to be going well, and and it, it just all of a sudden this comes up, and it's like, oh man, you know, it, it just just maybe we got spoiled because things happened so quickly with the with baseball. They were getting positive cases as as quickly as that first and second week, and um, you know, so I I, I don't know. Um, I'm just kind of at a loss. I, I, I wish people weren't so upset about it. Uh, maybe maybe our maturity, our, our years on this planet have given us the grace to, to understand these decisions and that uh, we don't like them, but we accept them. And, and people are just fired up. But uh, uh, Ian, did, did you have any final comments on this before we talk some, some actual football here? Yeah, one, one final thought that if, if there's any – coach in the national football league that i would want to lead my team through a situation like this like mike tomlin's if he's not at the top of that list he's near the top because he always has a very sort of even keener and i mean you know obviously bill belichick's best coach in the league but you know Mm -hmm. in a situation Mm -hmm. like this where things are changing rapidly an even keeled guy like tomlin is perfect for this situation i mean even even last year you know when they wanted to ask him questions about whatever and he's like guys we're one and four going into a monday night game with a fourth string quarterback like let me focus on that i don't i don't care about any of this off field stuff like right. they would ask him some question about twitter he's like guys i don't care like yeah. you know I'm, I'm focused on the game and he does and you've you've heard that from the team this year about taking it one game at a time and you know trying to drown out all the noise and everything else that he's he's got them laser focused this year on the goal of winning the super bowl and he is an excellent coach in situations like these where there's randomness and uncertainty and able to keep his guys focused. Yeah, you're right. And, and he, he already nailed it today. He was asked about it and uh, you know, the, the, the possibility of having uh 13 straight games without a buy. And he said, we do not care. Um, it is what it is. They will move forward. Um, and Ian, I know you pointed out earlier today that, that the Ben Roethlisberger going to the Super Bowl uh, three times each of those years the Steelers had early buys um, so you know grant granted that was in the past but it, it's still something to to pay attention to and um, as far as uh, coming out of the game with the Texans I, I did want to talk a little bit about the injuries and then how this could impact positively at least right now um, Derek Watt um, 
I, I don't know, guys. Did they mention the Watt brothers at all this past week? I, I really don't remember. Um, he ends up with <laughs> wait, they're with, brothers. Yeah, I, I know it's crazy, huh? They had the same parents. Um, oh, no they, way. Uh, yeah, he has a grade one, grade two hamstring. Grade two hamstring. It oh. is a grade two. Okay. Grade two hamstring strain. Excuse me. Okay. Uh, and and he he definitely would not have played this week. Um, and then Marcus Allen, who has uh, done a very nice job on special teams, um, has plantar fasciitis. Which yeah, uh, Allen's actually he's done okay as a linebacker he had, too. He, yeah, he's, I mean, he's impressed no. me. He's not he's not great, but he's done no. okay. No, and and he's the plantar fasciitis stuff. Uh, for for those of you that don't know, you know that's just excruciating pain on the bottom it of the is. foot. It is miserable. It is. It is. There's, there's, you know, they, the doctor will say here, here's a tennis ball, go home and roll this around with your foot. Um, you know, and so that's, that's one of those things that it just, I mean, he had a little bit better chance this week than did Watt, but I think it was still going to be slim. And then of course you had Deontay Johnson who exited Sunday with um, uh, concussion protocol Mike Tomlin reiterated that's where he was. Uh, now the beats were saying today. I think Joe Rudder and and Mark Cabali were both saying he was in helmet uh, and and was pretty much active with everybody doing what everybody else was doing today. Yeah, but, but he's, still, he's still in the protocol, and yes. people need to understand that yes. part of the protocol is you go out and you work out in pads and you physically exert yourself right. and then they test you again to see if you still have, if you, if you still have concussion symptoms. So him practicing doesn't really mean anything, but I think no. to your point about him having a concussion, he's about to have four days off. Mm-hmm. I got a feeling by next week, he's going to be fine. I do too, but he'll be tested regardless. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and speaking of testing, one other note though, the yeah. Steelers do have four days off now because it's their bye week but uh, they do have to. The players have to come into the facility every day to get their COVID test because they're still doing daily COVID tests. So yeah, it's not like I they can go home like, and why, why leave the city to, or anything like that. Why do they have to go into the facility and get tested? Why can't they get tested someplace else? I don't understand that part of it. But whatever. Well, I would. I, I'm just going to guess here. I would think it just has to do something with the. Uh, regularity of the testing the same doctors people doing it something to that effect keep it all in house i'm guessing that's probably what it is but you know just just for for those that don't know when when nfl teams reach their bye week it is very common that players will immediately hop on a plane and take off somewhere yep. um, they will they will go back home they will go on vacation with families they will go just to go do whatever you know, yep. whatever yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and and that ain't happening and you saw some reactions today eric ebron is not thrilled he had already planned for his son's birthday party in the week during the uh uh bye week coming up later in the year so he's not happy and, you know, again, Eric, I, dude, I totally understand. I, I get it. But, man, this is way better than you guys going to Tennessee, playing a game, yep. winning or losing, and then coming home and being positive. So I, I get the frustration, but but this definitely is, is better, okay? Um, as far as the game this past Sunday, um, look, the Steelers are 3-0, We'll take it. We'll run with it every single time. It doesn't matter if they don't want every game two nothing, uh, three to two. No, nobody cares. You're three and zero. It's the NFL. It's about winning games. Um, ben, what is what is concerning to you through these first three games right now? Uh, well. The defensive backfield seems to be having some communication issues. And in, in particular, last week versus the Texans, there were some issues where guys weren't covered, um, you know, uh, and, and it was the same thing versus the Broncos. So I, I don't think they've got it dialed in yet. And, you know, it's it's fine. It's early. It is, you know, they're going to they're gonna work these things out. We've talked about this before. There was no preseason. Um, they really uh, – the camp – didn't really lend itself to to mm-hmm. being a cohesive time for the team to you know get together and work these things out. So I right. I don't think that 
there was a lot of cohesion that that went on there, and it seems to be showing up to play. Uh, ben Roethlisberger still is a bit inaccurate and inconsistent, in particular downfield. Mm-hmm. Ben was 0 for 8 on passes that traveled more than 15 yards through the air last last week. Yeah, he was not good, and I can't explain why. I don't really get it. Um, mm-hmm. but that's got to improve. I expect that it will. It's kind of still knocking off the rust. Um, that's one, yeah, I think so too. one more downside to not playing this week is I really felt like he would get some more of that knocked off and he's, he's not going to play. So he won't. Yeah. Um, but you know, I still think it was the right decision regardless at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, those are the two things, the two big things for me. I would have been nervous about the offensive line, given the fact that there are some some pieces that have been moved around and and replaced already. Yeah. Um, Korafor seems to be a pretty nice pass blocker. I I like him so far. He's not great as a run blocker, but I'm okay with that. Um, and Mr. Filer over there at left guard is not great in pass protection, no. but is good as a run blocker, which is what you need out of your guards. So uh, maybe he's, he's better suited as a guard than he is as a, uh, as a tackle. But mm-hmm. I, I think regardless, Filer's gone at the end of the year, he's going to make some money on the open market and the Steelers aren't going to be able to resign him. In fact, I don't think they're going to try after they've seen Kevin Dotson go out there on the field and do what he did. I think they're just going to go, yeah, Dotson, you're going to, that's your potentially in right there. Um, yeah. Young man, that's your spot. Yeah. We're not going to have the kind of depth that we have along the offensive line mm-hmm. this year in 2021, but it's still going to be a good group. Um, I, you know, I don't think Al's going to come back either. Um, but I, mm-hmm. I expect that what they're probably going to do is end up putting Chukes over there on the left tackle. And then having Banner and maybe somebody else duke it out for for the right mm-hmm. tackle spot mm-hmm. um, could be Gerald I, Hawkins. He he could be in as the uh, the as the extra tackle eligible tackle. Yeah, yeah. he and, did some nice he, things. Yeah, he looks nice as a run as a run blocker. He really does. Um, I agree with you. I think he could be hanging around for a little bit. That's nice. It's good. Um, yeah. But uh, I mean, I, there aren't a lot of a lot of concerns. Little nagging no. things like James Conner. I thought last week. Versus the Texans, he his burst was improved. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's quite a hundred percent yet. It's just my instinct. Um, that burst, that tremendous burst of, of speed that you have, his quickness, yeah. just isn't quite there yet. He's never been a burner with with oh no good no. long speed, but you know he's not running away from anybody. Let's put it that way. But he can pop through a hole real fast and get three or four yards before anybody touches him, mm-hmm. and then. He, that part's just been missing this year. Um, but I think that'll come. I, I really do. I, I get my instinct is just that he's not hundred percent healthy. Uh, the, the defensive front looks great. The linebackers look pretty damn good, even with, uh, you know, some, some shortcomings mm-hmm. with Vince. Um, so I, you know, I'm pretty, pretty happy with where they're at right now, bearing in mind that they haven't even come close to hitting their peak yet. And they, they no. don't want to be peaking right now anyway, so it's fine. Um, not having a bye right in the middle of the season kind of sucks, but, you it know, does. as Ian pointed out earlier today, you know, the the three years that this team has gone to the Super Bowl, the Ben Roethlisberger years, they always had an early bye. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. maybe there's something to be said for that. Uh, Ian, I'll, I'll, you know, ask you for, for any concerns that you have. And, and I know there aren't many when you're three and O, but, um, I, I would also say this, and, and you, you kind of mentioned this early with Mike Tomlin, um, Tomlin has been around the block and he knows how to handle these types of situations. So I can, I can see later in the season when they don't have that bye week that they hope they'd had, I can see him doing some things differently just to, to, to keep the guys fresh and stuff. But um, what, what are your overall concerns uh, right now? I think Ben did a great job summarizing pretty much mm-hmm. all of them. Um, so I think the, the punting game uh, is still a slight concern, although, you know, we won a Super Bowl with 
the guy with a lob wedge for a Mitch leg burger Mitch burger <laughs> yeah um so i mean you know uh, hunting can be a little overblown but uh, situationally colquitt hasn't been much better than barry was um but yeah ben pretty much hit on on all the rest of them the one thing i did want to talk about was anthony mcfarland getting in the game for the first time and showing some nice flashes um, yeah, yeah go right ahead six, plus him, six yeah. carries for 42 yards yeah. and i mean he showed ben talked about connor's burst mcfarland showed some really nice bursts that there were a couple off tackle runs mm-hmm. that you know watching the play live i saw the hole open up it McFarlane was still in the backfield and I was like well here comes the linebacker he's gonna get tackled and he was through the hole before the linebacker got there and turned it into a seven or an eight yard gain when Mm -hmm. most running backs would probably get stopped in the hole for one or two yards and that was definitely eye-opening and I thought they had a really good distribution of labor in the backfield that Connor had 18 carries McFarlane had six Snell had seven like that's a, a really good distribution of of work out of the backfield snell got the short yardage work Mm -hmm. except for one time Uh, when they gave it to mcfarland on a third and one but i think what happened there samuels Samuels, wasn't it yeah yeah it was samuels on a third and one and it was awful yeah i think it was there was one mcfarland got too i believe but uh i think they were in a hurry up situation and ben tried to rush them to the line okay and the running back got stuck in there and then they went for it on fourth down and made it with um connor i believe and so that's you know those things can happen ben roethlisberger has been in the league for a long time and if he sees something and wants to go hurry up and try and exploit something in the defense i'm willing to trust him even if it's giving the ball to a five nine hundred eighty pound running back um but that that being said a little more than that a little bit more just a little yeah Uh, the we we talked earlier in the year about, you know, what's the ideal distribution in the backfield. And I think we, we kind of found it in this game that yeah. you let Connor be the workhorse, you sprinkle in McFarlane for those change of pace situations, and then use Benny Snell as your short yardage hammer and in the fourth quarter to wear teams down. And by the way, the Steelers, we often talk about our four minute offense that mm-hmm. the situation where you get the ball back, you're up by a score you don't need a score. You just need to run the clock out at the mm-hmm. end of the game. And they've struggled with that for years. Yes. And they ran it to perfection this past week. They got the ball back with about four and a half minutes. And Houston didn't even sniff getting the ball again for the rest of the game. And part of it is that Houston's run defense is just absolutely dreadful. But the Steelers did everything they needed to do to close that game out and not give Deshaun Watson another chance with the ball. And, and that was those, great to see. One of those was a, a, a pretty gutsy play call to to throw the ball on a, a was it a third or a fourth down? I think it was fourth down to, to Claypool, right? I, yeah. I think, yeah, I think it That's was. Yeah, I call. I mean, that, and that was so bad, man. And, and I can't believe Roby stood there like, what, what did I do? I'm like, dude, you tackled him before the ball got there. Well, that, that's not the one I'm thinking about. I know what you're talking about there, but I, I'm talking about on that final drive. Didn't, didn't we throw a pass for a first oh, down? It was, it was third and nine. Oh, yeah, third it was third nine. And nine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't that gutsy because you really had to throw the ball, but, um, yeah. I mean, it was a it was one of those throws that that Ben just zipped right in there and first down game over. Um, you know, as far as McFarland, real quick, you know, he he was on the field for ten snaps and he had seven touches, the six rushes and and one reception, I believe. Um, you know, and and he man, he is. You know, it's not a knock on James Conner or Benny Snell or Jalen Samuels, but man, when McFarland gets the ball, it's a blur uh, compared to those guys. And and it's a, a a welcome blur, and I can't even imagine what it must be like to the defense, um, who's seen those other two or three guys play after play, and then here comes McFarland, zip zip zip. So I, I love it. I, I hope they keep that distribution up. Um, now let me ask you this though. Yeah. Does it does it occur to either one of you watching Benny Snell play that he's really concentrating on not losing the ball instead oh, yeah, of getting? Really- Instead yeah. of getting downfield, and that maybe he's preoccupied and it's in his head, you know what I mean? I think it. I think it was Sunday. I, yeah. I thought it was too, and I, yeah. I didn't think he performed very well because of it. You know, I I wondered as I was watching him if he wasn't thinking about I'm going to lose the ball, I'm going to lose the ball, and he's got himself psyched out. I don't know. I hope not, but it seemed 
a little odd to me the way he entered the whole where before he would just zip right into it. Well, and, you you guys both know this that 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 when you're uh you know when you when you're a little uh, uh you know little league player uh, pop Warner when you get into middle school and high school coaches will will tolerate you fumbling the ball if you're one of these amazing athletes that's going to go off to college and maybe the pros you, you you're going to be able to get away with that crap when you get to the pros if you can't hand the ball you're not playing. Um, there's very few instances where guys had fumbleitis and would would keep getting the the rock, so to speak. And, and yeah, I'm with Shout you, man. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm with you. I thought he looked very tentative going into yeah. the line of scrimmage. He did uh, with the ball. He had he had two hands on the ball pretty much the whole yeah. time. He was, was not even trying to stiff arm guys or, or get around guys. Yeah, the, and, and just you know, putting it in context, most of those were short yardage attempts, and he was going to be yeah. he was going to get hit early. I get it, but it just looked to me like he was he was a little scared. No, I, I agree. I don't even think it's a question. I yeah, I think there was definitely uh, uh, some some hesitation, uh, shall we say, on on his part. Um, to his credit, though, yeah, he he picked up two of the three short yardage situations. Yeah, he did. That, that you know, there was a, a third and one. He got one yard on a, a great second effort where he kept his legs moving, uh, and then there was a third and another third and one in the fourth quarter that he picked up on our touchdown drive. The only one he didn't get was first and goal from the one where he got stuffed for no gain. So both third downs that he got the ball on a third and one he converted. Mm-hmm. So those mm-hmm. are obviously we would have liked to see him score the touchdown, but the third and ones kept his drives alive too. And, and let's uh, stay on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, obviously with Deontay Johnson going out in the first half, um, that certainly changes things as far as how uh, Randy Feigner wants to run his rotations and stuff with his receivers. At the end of the day, Chase Claypool was on the field for more snaps uh, offensively than anybody else in the receiver department. Ben, do you make anything of that, or do you just look at it like that's just kind of the way the game fell at that particular point? No, no, I don't make much of it other than the fact that Johnson was out and yeah. that Claypool picked up his snaps. I mean, you know, that was what it was. I, I didn't think all that much about it. I don't know. Did you? I, I, I think a little bit about it because I think when the average fan looks at that and they see, whoa, wait a minute, why was he on the field, like, let's say, for more snaps than Juju was? I mean, he also he also played nine special team snaps. Yeah. Oh, yeah. On top of that, of the 61 he played on offense. Right. Um, You know, I I was surprised that he was on the field Mm -hmm. more than Juju was. But Juju also had a gimpy knee last week. And so he he may have been in a pitch count. I I can't say. Um, I know they wanted to get James Washington more involved this last week. I didn't think they were all that successful in doing so. But no. Ben targeted him. Obviously, he did. He just, he just didn't hit him. He just because you know those were all those those fifteen yard plus routes I was talking about before, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. Ben was not very accurate. Um, so I'm not, I'm not playing too much on that okay. because of the circumstances. Right. Uh, I, I, it's cool that they, that they believe in Claypool. Definitely, uh, it, it bodes well for the future. But you know. What what did he have? Uh, one catch oh, for twenty four yards. He had one catch, which was that big yeah. one at the end yeah. of the game. Yeah, but it, yeah. he had four targets. Um, let's see. Juju had five. Connor had five. Washington had seven. You know, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that that really well, speaks it, a little more to it. Yeah, I, I think it, it it also speaks to the kid himself that that they believe that much in him to get him on there. You know, I, I if Ben Roethlisberger didn't have the confidence in him, I don't think he'd be out there. Um so I, I think, I think part of know, it, you know, it's yeah. also his position coach, his coordinator, yeah. obviously Ben, but Ben's not throwing the ball as often as he's throwing the other guys. Ebron had seven targets. Yeah. You yeah. Know, and one drop. And it wasn't a great yeah. pass on that no, drop. It was a little behind I, you know, him. It was a little bit behind him, but he got two hands on it. You got to come down with that. You're you're a professional football player. You have Agreed. got to come down with that ball. Even if you don't get any yak at all, you got to come down with it. Yeah. And, you know, he's not exactly known for his hands or his blocking, which sucks. Uh, yeah, that's it, it. We knew coming in he wasn't going to be yeah. a great blocker, but 
But yeah. I mean, you Speaking know, of blocking did... though, that's where Claypool has been really good. And oh, given yeah. how much they were running the running the ball, yeah. I think that Claypool also likes the... to block, doesn't he? Yeah, that, yeah well, I, I think, think that also it. led to yeah. Claypool's snap count that they were confident putting him in there on running plays Mm -hmm. and they've done a few things with Claypool where they'll bring him in motion into the slot and have him crack back against the linebacker or a safety or and move guys out of the box to create a running lane on the outside so that's also led to him getting on the field and Speaking of blocking, too, Vance McDonald's been really good at blocking this year. Yeah. We had some concerns in that he department has. last year, but he's been very mm-hmm. solid. Yeah, there this we year. had some gripes last year, and this yeah. year it's it's like it's like he took 2019 personally, you know. And I don't I don't mean what the fans have to say about him. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think he probably is all that concerned about it, but no. I think maybe he took his own performance personally. You know, he grew the hair out and he grew the beard and <laughs> he seems to be, uh, you know, a little tougher and nastier. And he had a really nice game on Sunday. He did. He really did. Yeah. He did. He, he looked like the Vanimal of old. Didn't he? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Ian, I'm going to flip over to the defensive side of the ball because uh, this was a guy you were talking about today in our, our group chats. Um, Mike Hilton is having a hell of a season through the first three games. He did give up uh, a touchdown, though. He What's that? Up a touchdown. He gave up he, a touchdown on Sunday. He, he did, and and I I'm not going to discount count that. I I wrote that in in one of the quick hitters this week as well that he he got behind, he stumbled, and and he didn't have a chance. Um, but he he seems to be in the right place at the right time in a lot of these instances. Yep. Um, you know what what are you seeing in his game? I mean, he he just is is it just a simple matter of he's just playing well, he's getting put in the right spots. What's going on with him? A little of both, but I mean, a lot of both, actually. I mean, he's playing really well. Mm-hmm. He's got, I mean, he's got tackles for loss. He had our only interception of the game, which came at a huge moment on a, yeah. a third and 15 on a deep ball into the red zone. And we talked last week about how Deshaun Watson can make plays out of the pocket with yep. his feet down the That's field. What he was trying to do. And like we've seen with Ben Roethlisberger over the years, sometimes those turn to big plays and sometimes those turn to interceptions. And that was actually a play. And tomorrow I'll have a, a post up on, um, you know, kind of breaking down what happened on that play. But mm-hmm. Hilton lined up as the the slot corner on that play, but at the snap basically turned around and it was like Troy Palomalu, uh, like, captain ginyu into his body and <laughs> he ran he, hilton's spot on that play was as the as the deep high safety it mm-hmm. was a cover three look they showed cover two before the snap but it was actually cover three but neither minka or edmonds dropped deep it was hilton that ran kind of between them and and took the deep spot on the field and then he made a play on the ball where he basically just outran kenny stills who is not a slow guy no. to the spot where where Watson threw the ball and he was, you know, so in the, in the preseason, when we heard stories of, Oh, you know, the Steelers are trying Mike Hilton at safety and, you know, everyone's like, Oh, that's never going to happen. He's a small guy. They need him at slot corner, but it's things like that where you try things like that in the pre or in training camp to get guys used to, okay, you're not going to line up as a safety necessarily, Mm -hmm. but if we want to call a defense where you're covering you know, the center third of the field or you're the single high free safety, are we comfortable with that rotation and can you do it? And things like that with Hilton, with Cam Sutton's done that a few times, really can mess with a quarterback because when the quarterback comes to the line, looks over the defense, you know, sees two safeties 15 yards off the line, like, okay, I've got cover two. Then all of a sudden the guy who was the slot corner is the deep safety. You're like, what the heck am I seeing out here? So yeah. it, it really messes with what a quarterback sees. And the other factor in that play was Ola Denny getting just a tiny bit of pressure and forcing Watson to step up. And when he stepped up, Cam Hayward looped around and basically cut off his escape route. And then Watson just had to bring his eyes down and turn and bolt for the sideline. And by the time he got back into a situation where he felt like he could throw the ball, really the only option he had downfield was to try and force something in there. And Hilton just made a better play than Kenny Stills did on the ball. Yeah. And, and, you know, I did want to slide this over to Ben a little bit too. Um, comment on Hilton if you want to, Ben. But what what were the changes? And Tomlin said they were minor. 
Um, but clearly they did something different at halftime uh, because uh, Deshaun Watson was having his way with that defense. They come back in the second half. I think they only gave up 51 total yards in the second half. Uh, what what did you see that these minor tweaks may have been? Well, two things, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. One, the pass rushers stayed in their rush lanes. They weren't giving these gaping holes for Watson to either see through, find receivers right. through, or run through if he needed to to escape. You know, so <laughs> they, they did a little better job of keeping him in the pocket in the second half. And second, they did a better job of disguising whether or not they were running man, zone, what kind of zone. They just did a better job of disguising things. And yeah, maybe it was minor. Maybe it was simply a matter of better execution in yep. the second half. But they did a much, much, much better job in the second half of defending that team, obviously, mm-hmm. than they did in the first. And, you know, whatever those minor things were, got them off the field quickly, which kept them rested, which got them back into the game rested, which gave them the advantage they needed to continue to perform that way. So, hey, more power to them, you know. Uh, in-game adjustments are yeah, are huge. what, you know, are what coordinators are, are supposed to be paid for. Yeah. Um, and when they don't make them... God knows we criticize the hell out of them. So, oh, yeah. you know, when they do make them, we got to give them credit. If, uh, and, and Ian, you you mentioned uh, Ola Adenyi. Um Ben, what what have you thought about him and and uh, the rookie Alex Highsmith? Uh, they they seem to be pretty confident with giving those guys minutes to to uh, spell Dupree and Watt. I think Highsmith is going to be. I don't want to use the word special yet, but I think yeah, he's going yeah. to be above average mm-hmm. at his position in the NFL. I really do. And I, I think it's just that that worker-like attitude. This is a guy who just who practices his craft. Um, he's not the best athlete out there, but technically he's very sound. And he's learning the NFL game at this point, and he's already competent. Yes. Okay. Now, a guy like a guy like Ola is a lot more physically gifted than Highsmith, mm-hmm. and is finally getting to the point where things are slowing down with for him enough that he can anticipate what the tackles are going to do, what the quarterback is going to do, and he's able to take advantage of that. Right. So he actually, in my opinion, Ola has an opportunity to be better than Highsmith is a higher ceiling than Highsmith. But I think that Highsmith's going to end up being the better player at the end of the day. Uh, and that's just instinct. Uh, it really has, there's really no sound reason for me to believe mm-hmm. that's the case. It's just, just my instinct. Yeah. There, um, there, was, there was a moment where, where Highsmith was getting blocked right at the point of attack and, David Johnson was was kind of coming downhill at him, and and I was really impressed. He he stacked up that blocker, shed him, and and gave a very solid hit on Johnson for what I would call either no gain or a yard loss. And that that's when it kind of struck me as okay, if this kid can do that on the edge, then I think we we're, we're on to something here. Um, yeah, in his case, um, Ian, uh, I, I completely. Uh, flamed on what I was going to ask you, but it, oh, I know. <laughs> Jesus. Can you tell I'm old? Um, you know, Uncle Ed Bouchette wrote an article today um, in, in the athletic.com and uh, you know, reader, readers are asking him, hey, hey, what's going on with Minka? What's going on with Bush? They, they seem to think that because these guys don't have, you know, a bunch of interceptions, forced fumbles, sacks, that that they're not playing well. Um, what What is your take on those two guys through three games? I think I, I think they're both playing well. I think they've done some different things with Minka this year than they were, did last year even. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of them are subtle things that you don't pick up watching the regular broadcast that you really have to kind of watch the All-22 to do. be able to, to see yeah. um, just because you can't see safeties on the regular TV broadcast. And that's one of the reasons why I, I will always defend liking 
watching football in person more than watching it on TV because you can't see what the safeties are doing. True. And that's a, a big part of what a defense will give up and, and what you can do. Um, so some of it is, yeah, quarterbacks aren't throwing away from Minka, that they're just, just not um, going towards him. But there's there's other times, um, you know, going back to the, the Denver game, Denver was having a lot of success of throwing those kind of shallow crossing routes across the middle of the field. And mm-hmm. the Steelers did make an adjustment in the second half of that game and put Minka in some, some robber situations where he kind of sunk down into the middle and was basically just sitting on that route ready to pick it off and those were like the the two times in that game that uh Jeff Driscoll didn't throw that ball. So if Driscoll <laughs> had, had thrown that ball which was working for him all game, Minka's probably still running. Um but you know, they've so they have they have been able to move him around like I mentioned the the thing with Hilton. You know, mm-hmm. last year that would have just been Minka dropping back to the deep safety position and covering the center of the field. But on that play, they had Minka and Edmonds as the underneath defenders basically planted their heels 15 yards from the line of scrimmage, and it was a third and 15 and said, okay, you know, if anything gets dumped off in front of them, they're the guys that are going to run in and, and tackle the catch and, and keep the guys short of the first down. So, um, you know, they've matched them up on some slot receivers, um, given them some man opportunities. So they have moved him around a bit mm-hmm. more schematically than they did last year, which sometimes when you do that, that takes guys out of plays or quarterbacks can throw away from them a little bit too. Um, Devin Bush is second on the team in tackles. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got three passes defended. He's still got some work to do in his pass coverage. Part of it too, though, is that watching the game just on the broadcast, some things you may think are Bush's fault in coverage are, are not. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a couple <laughs> sort of breaking dig routes that Bush was the one that made the tackle on, but it was actually either the slot corner or the outside guy's man to cover. And, right. you know, the, the pass got thrown and Bush was the one who made the tackle because he tracked from the middle of the field outside to the ball and was fast enough to be the first one that got there so it looked like it was his fault initially but it was actually not because it wasn't his guy to cover um so some some of it's that too bush has given up a, a couple touchdowns in coverage yes. um so he's got some work to do but i have i have no qualms about devin bush's game at this point being a second year player um he's everything we hoped he would be so far uh you know trading up to draft him 10th overall and Minka was still absolutely worth making the trade of the first round yeah, pick for. Yeah. So it, um, I have, I have no problems with where either of those guys are. And at. it's a, it's a good point you make too, that, that and I think fans do this. They'll see a guy tackle a, a receiver after a catch and they'll just automatically assume it was his guy. Uh, and that's not, that's not always the case. Uh, just, just remember that. Um, as we wind things down here, um, you know, Ben, uh, this was scheduled on Sunday to be a one o'clock game, which of course means for you breakfast with the Steelers. Uh, that's a that's a ten a.m. start. So I I guess everybody wants to know what are you going to be doing on Sunday now? What what, what are you going to do? I'm uh, I'm probably going to watch uh, Browns Cowboys. I guess now. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> that's not going to be good football and. I don't think so I don't, either. I don't really know who I would root for at this point, but either way, I know somebody I hate is going to lose. So. <laughs> Fine. Uh, yeah, Ian, uh, what uh, what will you be partaking in this weekend? Um, yeah, I don't know. I have a free weekend now, so we'll see. Um, one other thing before we go, Tyson Alulu has been so good this yeah, year. Yeah, uh, you know, we were a little worried about losing Javon Hargrave, but. Alulu has been so good in the front of that defense mm-hmm. that we have not missed Javon Hargrave really that much at all. At all, um, yeah. No, no. Uh, I, I watched. Uh, Alulu has been money. Uh, he, he, he has. He's not as quick as Hargrave, but he's nope. so strong. Ah, oh, yeah, very crazy. strong, very smart. Yeah, he tosses around centers like they're rag dolls. I'm like, God, this guy needs more one on ones. <laughs> yeah, I, I watched a little bit of Javon in the uh, the the Eagles Bengals game last week, and 
you know, I mean, he he's still quick, but, uh, you know, he didn't do a whole lot on there to make me think, geez, I wish we had him back. I mean, I love the kid, loved him coming out, but, um, you know, the Steelers made a, a, a business decision there, and, and I think so far it's paying off. So oh, it, it's fine. They couldn't have yeah. made him. They couldn't afford it. No, no, It no, is what it is. No. Um, yeah. But, you know, God, the Eagles stink. They're awful. That is a really uh, – The whole um, NFC East, man. They're terrible. It, it, the, it is. Washington is leading that division at one and two. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is the – I've seen it the other day. The, they're two, nine, and one. Who got a tie? The Bengals and the Eagles. The Bengals and Eagles. Oh, God. They ended God. up tying. Yeah. Uh, Doug, yeah. Doug Peterson again with uh, – some I don't know. Some some people question his decision making at the end, but playing for more of a tie than a law or a win. But eh, what are you going to do? Uh, well, anyway, you stinking it up. He's he's struggling, man. He's he's, uh, I mean, he's he's making Baker Mayfield look like a good quarterback. Well, the the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes are suddenly getting really really interesting now. Yeah, I mean, you've got a bunch are. of zero and three teams right now. <laughs> Uh, and, and a bunch of one and two teams, but uh, you've uh, been listening to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated, which of course serves Broward and the Southern Palm Beach counties. Whether it's commercial, residential, multifamily, or condos, contact Deck Roofing today at deckroofing.com. Gentlemen, that's it. We will reconvene next week prior to, hopefully prior to, uh, a week five game, which will be against the aforementioned Philadelphia Eagles. That'll be fun. Um, Yeah, they're not good. Uh, They're not playing well. The Pittsburgh Steelers should be fresh. They should be hungry, and we should beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, But we'll talk much more about that next week. So, For the guys, this is Steel Dead signing off on the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast. And, hey, go Steelers. Ravens suck.